You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Mock Draft Monday episode here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. On today's episode, we've got another mock draft from the Draft Network. This time, it's Trevor Sikama who sends a big-time playmaker to the New Orleans Saints that I think will be remarkably hard to pass on at 28. How the Saints can inject some more firepower into their offense regardless of who's under center. Then, we'll talk about five potential targets for the Saints in the first round as we begin our round-by-round look at who the Saints could be interested in at several different positions. And finally, at the top of segment three, we'll quickly talk about the possible 17th game next season. We know that the Saints are going to be taking on the Tennessee Titans if that game does come to be, but now we may know where that game will be played. And to wrap up the show, we'll get to your listener mocks and talk about a few late round gets that could be huge for the Saints. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your Tuesday co-host over at the National Locked on NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of lanyard for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. family we got a lot to get through on this monday morning thank you everybody very much for tuning in to today's episode of locked on saints i appreciate you as always for being here so let's go ahead and dive in right away it is mock draft monday after all so let's go ahead and get it started with our mock draft from trevor sigma his mock draft 4.0 from the draft network our good friends over there trevor sigma of course also one of the co-hosts of the fantastic locked on nfl draft podcast which you should also check out as well. He and Ben, a very, very fun listen. So for today's Mock Draft Monday, he sends a big-time playmaker, and some of that you've all kind of heard me swoon about before here on the podcast, specifically as well when I was in Mobile. He selects for the New Orleans Saints, Kadarius Tony. Now, Kadarius Tony is one of the most exciting playmakers in this draft. I think probably right along with a couple of other names that you could mention, but he, Rondale Moore, some of these guys, just the ability of what they can do with the ball in their hand is absolutely tough to pass up at 28 if still on the board. He's looking like somebody that's falling a little bit further down in the first round. This tends to happen with wide receivers outside of the top two or three wide receivers in the NFL draft. The more that you see them, the more that they rise and then things kind of cool off over time as well. We saw it happen with Justin Jefferson last year to where we were kind of cool on him for a little bit coming out of the season. Then he had an outstanding combine and people were talking about him as a top 15, top 20 player. And then as distance grew between the combine and the draft, he fell down a little bit Then ended up going in the uh, mid 20s, of course, to the Minnesota uh, Vikings. You can see the sim- a similar thing sort of happening here with Kadarius Tony. Everybody kind of got an eye on him at the Senior Bowl. He jumped up. A lot of folks talking about no way he's there at the end of the first round, which again, you never know how the draft is going to work out. We haven't even gotten a free agency yet. But now he's starting to fall down in terms of some of these projections after more distance grows between when we saw him last and and now. So now when he has a pro day coming up at the end of March, it'll be March 31st by the time that we see him again. So you're starting to see him maybe slide down some of these drafts a little bit more. And that's okay because if Kadarius Tony's present, 
at pick number 28. It's certainly hard for me to pass on him. And Trevor Sigma makes some really good points in his little blurb here about Kadarius Tony going to New Orleans. Truth is, until free agency comes and goes and the Saints do what they need to do in order to fix their cap situation, we don't know where this pick will land. However, the thought of Tony to the Saints is objectively hilarious, and you just know that Sean Payton would want it to happen. And objectively hilarious is absolutely one way that you can look at it, and I think a very fun way to look at it. This guy is absolutely electrifying. Over the course of his career, just over 1,500 Uh, receiving yards, but only had one season where he had over 260. And that was his most recent season when he really got an opportunity to be the guy over in Florida. Uh, 984 receiving yards on 70 receptions in 2020. That included 10 touchdowns through the air, but he also had 19 carries for 161 yards and a touchdown on the ground. And he also brought a touchdown back in punt return uh, in the punt return game as well one touchdown on 11 returns for 139 yards and 12.6 yards per return so you're looking at a guy who had 12 different touchdowns or 12 all-purpose touchdowns in 2020 for the florida gators and did it through the air did it in the return game and did it on the ground that's exactly the type of piece that i think Sean Payton would be absolutely in love with. Now, we talk a lot about thresholds and we talk about how potentially with the quarterback change coming, potential quarterback change coming, that thresholds may shift. Kadarius Tony is right at six foot, but he's under 200 pounds. Some places have him in the 170s, some places have him in the 190s. So we'll see exactly what the official pro day numbers actually say. Remember, pro days are official this year since there's no combines. You can trust the numbers a little bit more. So we'll see exactly what that comes up to be. But he did come in a, just a shade under all of that when it came to his senior bowl uh, measurements, senior bowl weigh-in as well. Some of the things that I think are really exciting about Kadarius Tony: uh, 6.8 yards after catch per average, only two drops in 2020, and 20 missed tackles. That's fifth most at the position in the nation last year, according to Pro Football Focus. He also had 266 deep yards, but also uh, 19 screen catches as well. So you see him getting work all over the field. He's very, very good over the middle of the field in particular. And you know, of course, that's where the Saints love to attack post-game. Everything like that is strong when it comes to Kadarius Tony, as well as his ability to just be able to catch and run. So he's somebody that you can target deep and somebody that you can just focus on getting the ball in his hands and letting him do work after the catch. couple things that he'll need to improve. Obviously, he's going to have some development left to do once he gets to the NFL, just get a little bit more polished at the position. According to Pro Football Focus, he played only 510 snaps over his first three years at Florida, so injury concerns may follow him to the NFL. And you're probably going to hear some criticisms about him not having that top-end deep speed, but honestly... With what he's able to do with the ball in his hands, you kind of excuse that because he does a really, really phenomenal job regardless. Uh, The player comparison that he's given by Pro Football Focus is a bigger Dante Hall. And if you remember the human joystick, you want the human joystick in the form of Kadarius Tony 2.0 on this team. All right, family, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to talk about five different options for the Saints at pick number 28 should they remain at the bottom of the first round. We'll take a look at who could potentially be on the board, what positions can be addressed, and get a good idea of all of the different options that they'll have available at the bottom of the first. We'll talk about that here next here in just a moment on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. And of course, today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Uh, We'll probably be getting some different free agency and draft props and everything all over there. But even though football is over, there's still the NBA, college basketball, NHL, and baseball, of course, is right around the corner as well. Look forward 
to putting down some bets on some baseball. That that is my favorite part, actually, uh, of baseball altogether because you get some really fun props over there. And they'll have all of that for you, real updated odds as well as props, everything that you can imagine over at betonline.ag. They got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. And best of all, it's free to sign up. So head over to that website. Once again, betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and use the promo code locked on, all one word, all caps, L O C K E D O N, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code locked on for that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. family rolling right along with today's episode of locked on saints don't forget to check out locked on today as well the daily locked on today podcast keeping you up to date with all the sports news that you need in less time subscribe to locked on today wherever you get your podcast all right so let's dive into our next topic here five prospects that the new orleans saints could target in the first round of the nfl draft now remember the first round of the nfl draft april 29th just a couple of months away we were now in the month before, which is really great, but we have about two months to go until we get there. And the Saints, even though they pick at number 28, assuming that they stay there, they're going to have a ton of options available to them at that spot. I mean, there's really good playmakers, guys that are going to be able to uh, really sort of have a day one impact at that position. So I wanted to go ahead and take a look at some of them. And I got a little bit more in-depth on them over at canalstreetchronicles.com. That article is going to be coming out later on this week. Uh, and so let's go ahead and dive into it. Let's go ahead and get into it. We're going to take a look at a couple of different positions as well. Some on the offense, some on the defense, some you've heard me talk about before, some I haven't gotten to talk about before. So let's start off over on the defensive side. I mentioned, I believe it was on Friday's episode that I wouldn't be surprised if edge rusher was a focus for the saints in the uh, 2021 draft. Trey Hendrickson potentially on his way out. Sheldon Rankins could also potentially be lost. Uh, Marcus Davenport, you're still waiting to sort of really hit the pinnacle of his potential. Cam Jordan is you know, on the opposite side of, uh, of 30, as they say, and things like that. And so he had a bit of a down year last year. Are you going to be able to trust him to boot it back up in 2021? If not, or even if so, you still have to draft for the future. So there's one guy that really piques my interest, and it is Miami defensive end Gregory Rousseau. Now, Gregory Rousseau is a player that I've seen dropping a little bit more and more and more on the boards. We'll see what happens once he has his pro day. But for the most part, he's somebody that looks like he could at least be in striking distance for the New Orleans Saints in the first round. Now, Rousseau, six foot five, 260 pounds. He did have a major injury in 2018, which was an ankle injury that sidelined him. I think it was after the second game of the season, but then played all of 2019 to where he had 19 and a half tackles for a loss. 15 and a half sacks as well. And then he ended up uh, sort of opting out of the 2020 season. So we haven't gotten to see him too much since that outstanding 2019 year. You could see that as a risk. You could see that as a reward as a guy who maybe, you know, is coming that much fresher into the NFL as somebody that hasn't gotten beat up a bunch. But he has a lot of versatility at that size, can play inside and outside, remarkable against the run and as a pass rusher as well. So Gregory Rousseau is definitely one that stands out. The next one that I list is Tulsa linebacker Zaven Collins. We've talked about him at nauseum on this show. He's probably my th- linebacker three in this draft, the third best linebacker behind Jeremiah Wosu-Koromoa as well as uh, as well as Micah Parsons. 
when it comes down to Zayvon Collins, it's all about size and it's all about athleticism and versatility. That's what this guy does. You want him to rush the passer? Six foot four, 260 pounds, has pass rushing moves, no problem. You want him to play against the run and play downhill? Great. He can handle that. You want him to play in coverage? He gets that six foot four frame in passing lanes and all of a sudden it's just a pain in the butt for <laughs> quarterbacks that are trying to throw over him in the hole. So he really is somebody that packs a lot of versatility and has a ton of football IQ, something that we know that the Saints really leaned into last year with the first all virtual offseason now heading into another. Uh, the third player that I talked about was North Dakota State University offensive lineman Dylan Raddins, plays to the left guard, plays at the left uh, the left tackle position as well, played left tackle for NDSU, paved the way for the number one rushing attack while he was there, the number four rushing attack before that. Only got to play one game in 2020 up against UCA, but they ended up winning that game. He allowed no sacks in that game. He also allowed no sacks the season before and only giving up three sacks as a whole in his 32 straight starts for the Bison. So he's durable and he's extremely good and he has versatility. Lots of reasons to like a guy like that over on your offensive line, particularly as you have Ryan Ramchek on his fifth year option. You have Teron Armstead on an expiring contract. If you want to start to pay attention a little bit to the future at that position, particularly the left tackle position, or maybe even the left guard position, knowing the sort of variance that comes with Andrews Pete, Dylan Raddins could be somebody that sneaks into the first round and I think very deserving of it. Another one is a name that we hear all the time when it comes to the New Orleans Saints, TCU safety, Trevon Morick. You want somebody that can be a deep safety. He's got you. He's probably the best in this class in terms of being a cover one, cover three safety. Great reaction time, great job attacking and going after the ball. Doesn't really play through receivers. Instead, makes plays on the ball, which I think is extremely important. The Saints want takeaways. They want takeaways, and a guy like Javon Morig can get them for you. But he can also play downhill. Not the greatest tackler in the run game, but when he makes the hits, he makes the hits. He can be a bit of a thumper down there. It's just that he tends to want to throw the shoulder as opposed to form tackle. That should sound familiar. And then, of course, he also plays well in split safety and plays very well in man coverage as well. So when you play in a defense that asks you to be very multiple over on the defensive side, like Dennis Allen's, you have to be able to have all of those different types of approaches and be comfortable with all that. Trevon Morig absolutely is. And then finally, so far, the only player on this list that we know that the Saints have actually met with, Purdue wide receiver Rondale Moore. We've talked about him before. We talked about him last week. We know that Justin Mello mentioned that he is having a meeting with the Saints or already has a virtual meeting, either scheduled or completed with the Saints. And he doesn't fit the mold at wide receiver. He's below six foot, six foot one. He's below 206 pounds. He's at about five foot nine, 180. But the guy squats 300 pounds, ran a 4.33 coming into college, jumped 42.7 inches in the vertical when he was coming into college as well. So you look at the one guy that broke the trend for the Saints over the nine receivers that they've drafted in the last 15 years since 2006, and it's Brandon Cooks who brought world-class speed. Now, all of a sudden, you have another guy that's coming in that's the same size as Brandon Cooks in terms of height and weight and also has world-class speed, ran the same 40 in coming into college that Brandon Cooks ran going into the NFL. We'll see what the official number looks like with the pro day later on this year or later on in this month, rather. And now you also have somebody that is an absolutely incredible piece with the ball in his hands and is not a deep threat despite his speed, despite his, or is not only a deep threat, despite his speed, despite his stature, which might lean towards that. He's a slot guy. He's a possession guy and he's a yards after catch guy. He only caught 11 passes that came in the intermediate area of the field last year. He had 47 of his 114 receptions in 2018 on screen passes. 
and he ended up having 246 of his 270 receiving yards in 2020, only played three games after initially opting out of the season. All those came after the catch. So he's somebody that can make a tough catch for you in the middle of the field and that can also turn it upfield and make a huge play out of it. The guy is an absolute game breaker. I mentioned he and Kadarius Tony being two of the biggest playmakers on the offensive side in this draft, and both of them could be targets for the Saints at the bottom of the first round. So if you want the boring and safe pick of the offensive line, you got it. You want the big electrifying wide receiver skill position player, you got it. Or you want the impact difference maker on the defensive side, that's also going to be available for the Saints at the bottom of the first round as it seems this early before we get to free agency. So a lot of great options for the New Orleans Saints. And we're going to get to even more deeper into the draft as we get to listener mocks from the Locked on Saints Facebook group. We'll talk about those as well as some of the late round gems that could be there for the New Orleans Saints, including one of my favorite pass rushers from Pittsburgh. We'll get to that here in just a moment on today's episode of Locked on Saints your team every day. And as we're talking about a variety of picks that the Saints can grab at the bottom of the first round and all throughout the draft, I got to tell you about the variety of Built Bars you can get over at BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bar ever. They're new and improved and even more deliciouser than they were before. 18 amazing flavors, including six brand new flavors and 12 OG flavors that you can't forget like peanut butter, peanut butter brownie, brownie mint, chocolate, almond, all these other flavors you can check out as well as a litany of brand new flavors as well, and a bunch of other products you can check out over at BuiltBar.com. Each of these bars is, of course, covered in 100% chocolate. They're great for the health-conscious person that's looking to indulge in a delicious treat without taking in a bunch of sugar and carbs. You can get around 19 grams of protein with some of these bars with as little as 5 grams of sugar or 5 grams of net carbs. So go and check them out at BuiltBar.com. You can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON20. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-2-0. So you'll get 20% off of your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Get it. Houdini is going to wrap up today's show with a quick look at the 17th game potential for next season, as well as a little bit of more information on the draft as you get through your listener drafts. But of course, once we're done here, don't forget to go and check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show hosted by NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson. Go and check them out as a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's dive in here and we're going to get to your listener mocks here in just a moment. But I, I want to quickly relay a tweet that I saw earlier from Jeff Duncan crediting back to Pro Football Talk's Peter King talking about how the league is leaning toward handling the week 17 game. Remember, there's the potential of the 17 game season next year. When it comes down to it, we know the Saints and the Tennessee Titans as the AFC, NFC South teams. Those are the the divisions that were matched up to play against one another for that 17th game, but we didn't know where the game was going to be. But according to Peter King, it looks like the league is leaning towards, quote, the AFC hosting all of the 17th games in 2021 and the NFC hosting in 2022. So these are always going to be AFC divisions versus NFC divisions. We knew that that was going to be the case. So that's the way that it looks. We'll keep an eye out on that as the Saints could potentially be adding a ninth away game for the 2021 season in that case. All right, let's get to your listener mocks from over at the Locked On Saints Facebook group. We're going to start off with Brian Abel, who submitted his 
uh, early. So I want to make sure I get to him. So he traded back in a couple of spaces here to pick up some additional picks. But starting off with Joseph Osai, the edge rusher from Texas, definitely would love to see him in the black and gold. And again, edge rusher, I don't think is out of the question for the Saints in the first round. Jay Tufele, who is great. He was somebody that was a fringe first round pick early. Defensive tackle from USC, grabbing him at pick number 53. And then turn it around at pick number 62, just a few picks later, to grab Brevin Jordan, who lines up everywhere. You line him up in the backfield, you can line him up in line, you can line him up out wide in the slot. He's basically coming out of Miami, coming out of Miami, Florida, a tight end who Maybe we'll catch some of those Jimmy Graham comparisons because of what he's able to do. Uh, at pick number 98, Quinn Miners, you could hear a, or see or read rather, geez, uh, a great interview with him and Justin Mello over at the draftnetwork.com. He really elevated his status during the senior bowl, could take himself from being an unknown, undrafted guy to a third round pick. Then at pick number 105, Brian went running back with Ramondre Stevenson, 133 quarterback with Jamie Newman, and then 156 wide receiver with Josh Imater Bebe, who the Saints have met with or are planning to meet with. Then he picked up a couple more picks toward the end of the draft here. 173, Thomas Graham, the cornerback out of Oregon, who is extremely athletic and a very good player. 178, Jacoby Stevens, hybrid safety linebacker, played all over the place in Mobile. And then at 182, linebacker KJ Britt out of Auburn. He's somebody that the Saints have shown some interest in and has taken some time to meet over the offseason. Let's go next to AJ Audette here, who has uh, pick number 28, Nick Bolton. He fits the Quan Alexander mold so perfectly and is a hell of a tackler as well. He's a real good downhill guy despite his size. So even though I might overlook him a little bit, you shouldn't, right? No one else should. And AJ putting him on the map here for us. I appreciate you grabbing Nick Bolton here because I do want to talk about him. Following up with a little bit more defense here at pick 60, Javon Holland, the safety out of Oregon, split safety, single safety, Deep safety, he does it all. He's a great pick, and he's somebody that can play in the box and in the slot as well, so something to remember there. At pick number 98, Ohio State cornerback Sean Wade, who I'm pretty low on. I would go for more of maybe like a Benjamin St. Juiced that does a little bit more of everything, can play outside, can play inside, and can play special teams, but you know what? If they grab Sean Wade in the third round and gives you some time to develop a guy like that, hey, you may as well take a shot on developing a Buckeye, then, then I guess not. Next at 105, Tylen Wallace, wide receiver out of Oklahoma State. I can't get happier with this selection, especially at 105. It's absolutely criminal. AJ, I'm sorry, I'm calling the police because you stole somebody right from under the rest of the NFL in this mock draft. 105, getting Oklahoma State wide receiver Tylen Wallace, who creates separation super well, has great hands, great downfield attacker, but also good close to the line of scrimmage drag slants, all those good things that are sort of uh, pivotal to a West Coast offense, but also could take the top off as well. And then wrapping this one up, which putting the the, the, the the cherry on the Sunday here, uh, 133 Cameron Sample, the edge rusher out of Tulane, coming home, staying home, if you will. Love seeing that. Uh, and you grabbing somebody that can play both inside and outside, has a lot of versatility, a very good edge rusher there. All right, going to talk about two more real quick here. We're going to get to Fernando Albino, who starts off with Zayvon Collins, who we just talked about in the last segment at pick number 28. Great selection there. Wide receiver Elijah Moore out of Mississippi at pick 63. A little bit undersized, but again, just one of those guys that could be an absolute playmaker with the ball in his hand and a good deep threat as well. Number 98, he was able to grab Javon Holland. That is a big time grab that late in the draft. 104, Kylan Hill, who I absolutely love, put the ball in his hands, let him cook. He's another one of those guys that does a great job out of the backfield as a receiver. If you're a guy that likes you know, Najee Harris, or if you like a guy like Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, but don't want to spend that type of draft capital, Kylan Hill 
is absolutely where you should be willing to go next. 105, get the big tight, or the big defensive tackle out of Texas A&M, Bobby Brown at 131. Hamilcar Rashad Jr., who serves a little bit as an edge rusher as well as a uh, linebacker. And then Aaron Banks, the big offensive guard from Notre Dame to help shore up that offensive line rotation. And finally, we're going to go to Matthias here, who gets a fantastic selection to open up this draft and a fantastic selection or pair of selections to close this draft. He does five selections here uh, in this one and goes defense four times. He opens up first with two straight uh, defensive players, Jeremiah Wusu koromoa who, of course, like I mentioned, is my top linebacker in this draft. Huge, huge, huge drop if he was to fall all the way down to the bottom of the first round, which again is not impossible, right? We don't know what free agency looks like. We don't know what needs are still going to need to be filled by some of the teams that are ahead of uh, ahead of the Saints and where linebacker fits on the priority uh, list across the league. So Jeremiah Wissokoromoa, don't rule it out. It's possible. Then you can look at Javon Holland, who we've talked about earlier, got him at pick 60. Tylen Wallace at pick 98, a little bit more of an appropriate spot for him, despite AJ robbing everybody again over at pick 105, but getting him at pick 98, just as good. But Matthias still with a huge victory here at 105, getting edge rusher out of Pittsburgh, Patrick Jones a second. You give me any pass rusher from Pittsburgh, and I'm ecstatic. Any of them. Go ahead, hand them over. I want them. Because that defensive line was so incredible in Pittsburgh. That defense is so incredible at Pittsburgh. This is a great, great, great get here late in the draft. You're talking about a guy that is has fantastic sideline to sideline speed. He beat De'Eric King to the edge in his, in their game against Miami. Big time edge rusher, but can also rush from the interior. Big time speed guy, wins with multiple types of moves, can win with a bull rush, can win with a dip and rip, can win with a spin move. This guy is really slept on, in my opinion. I think he is a late round gem, a day two, day three gem, getting him at 105. Big time victory from Matthias here. And then closing up the draft with another prototypical cornerback, and Ambry Thomas out of Michigan. Woo, all right, y'all. That is my speed run through some of uh, some of your favorite prospects out there across the NFL and with the NFL draft. Always a pleasure and a blast to be able to talk through these guys. So I appreciate y'all very much for your contributions. And we'll be back with more. Going to get more contributions for tomorrow's show. We have our Twitter Tuesday coming up. So we'll get your questions from Twitter. And we'll also take a look at any of the news and notes that are uh, coming about for the New Orleans Saints as we plug on through the week. So as always, y'all, I appreciate you very much for coming through, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints, and trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.